Hey, we're back. It's Control Alt episode 158, the podcast. I linked it all together. Don't worry. You forgot Revolt, but that's okay. Revolt. They get the gist. Revolt Control <laughs> Pod 158. My aphasia. <laughs> oh, no. Don't have aphasia. Like poor Bruce Willis. I need to retire. I'm out. I'm tapping out. Don't do it. You can you can stay in there. Stay in the game. You got it. You just say that for the money. No. I like hearing you talk. You're interesting. And uh, I want other people to be able to enjoy that as well. Because it's fun. Yeah, I'm back from my band. Everybody kind of seemed to miss me. I came out swinging with a post making fun of me putting my own self in a book. That was funny. People liked that. Yeah. It's like the most likes. I know. You did get a lot of People wanted to know what a chunga was. Did you explain? I explained for a couple of people, but maybe Mm. you want to explain that I got the word chungo from you. Yeah. And I got it from my brother and his friend when we were all little. They would watch WWF wrestling back in the early glory days when it was like Hulk Hogan was the biggest star on there. And there was Rowdy Roddy Piper and Andre the Giant and all those, all those people, those good old times. And usually in their matches, until it was like the big extravaganzas, like usually in the matches, there would be like one of the big stars fighting against like random guy who usually was probably going to lose. Not always, but they were probably going to lose. And they called those random guys chungos. So it just meant like. The, the, guy, who the gets... guy who's not as good, the guy who's probably going to lose, the guy yeah. who's not one of the main guys. The guy who got around. hired to get tossed around. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm your chungo. No, you are not a chungo. No way. You had a cocktail for lunch, or you're a little low energy? I'm low energy. You're laid back. No. What was your cocktail? Um, It was like, I'm trying to think, of, I think it was called Commonwealth, maybe? It was like pressed apple... And bourbon and lemon and like one other aspect. I forget what the fourth ingredient was. It was really good. Yeah. It was very apple-y. And, oh, chai spices. That was it. Yeah, it was good. I had a buckthorn wellness shot because that's the kind of fun guy I am. <laughs> and then I had a kale lemonade. I know. I know. That's good, though. This is what happens when you have too much fun in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just a nice healthy lunch at a healthy place that we like a lot. That's like, um, what's that guy's name? That runs I'm the Dr. Andrew Weil. Yeah, it's one of his restaurants. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, it was good. I feel good. I feel good too. I lifted weights today, so I feel low energy too. And uh, but you did... just drank, so my excuse is. <laughs> well, no, we did the yoga this morning, which was not that hard. But then we, I did like the rowing machine too. So yes. I, I also got. I too did the rowing machine. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So. You looking at the character? I'm looking at the character who's wearing sunglasses, shirtless, and has a sleeve tattoo. But he probably tells you that he's going full gray man. And it's like, I think those tats are going to identify you (laughs) like no tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have that body right there. What do you think? No, you don't. That's better. That's what I worry when I look in the mirror. No. Like after I have tacos, that's that's the body I see. Nope. That's taco body. It's like a little baby belly. (laughs) <laughs> no, because even, like, your back doesn't have that going on. He's got the, the back fat. He's got he's got the back basement where it's, like, there's an apartment <laughs> upstairs. 
but then I, there's a little basement down below that's bigger than the house. <laughs> that is funny. You just made that up right now, didn't you? <laughs> I think you that's what I do, baby. I'm a writer. That is what you do. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Speaking of craziness. Sure. I think you were going to talk a little bit about your thoughts about Madison Cawthorn's, uh, you know. Is there any way we can make this podcast seem more or- organic and less planned? Like, could you be like, hey, you know, like, you don't have to be like, we're going to talk about. Like, introduce it like it was your idea. Okay. Speaking of crazy, I would love to hear your thoughts about what you think about these cocaine parties that Madison Cawthorn is. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about it. Go on. Well, yeah, he's just saying, like, hey, this goes on in Washington, D.C. a lot, and I've been invited to him, and I want to, like... Now, Cawthorn is a congressman. this fact, yes. Right, yeah, so so it's very interesting. Um, it's kind of funny. We're, we're told, like, it's a total... It's a right-wing conspiracy that there's sex parties, and you're trying to groom our kids, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, meanwhile, you guys are all, you're making gay Oreo commercials. Uh. You're, 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 you're abandoning schools. Teachers are abandoning schools in mass because they can no longer go and talk about paddleboarding with their boyfriend on the weekend, but they're not trying to groom your children. Not at all. And, and there are no tunnels beneath DC and there isn't a sex problem though. Jeffrey Epstein knew all of you. And now one of your own is coming out and saying, yeah, there's a real drug and alcohol problem and orgies and some really dark stuff going on in D.C. And then the 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 Republican who is about to become the Speaker of the House, if the party of stupid doesn't blow it. And believe me, don't underestimate their ability to blow it. And also, if there is even an election and believe me, don't underestimate the globalist left's desire not to have an election is now coming out and, and saying these things. And so then the guy who's going to Kevin McCarthy, who who always has struck everybody is like, how the hell did this guy get anywhere? He's saying, oh, you know, he's literally apologizing for the guy and reinterpreting what he said to to boil down Washington, D.C. insider sex parties, drugs, cocaine, collateral, blackmail, all of these things, which explain why we're getting a new Supreme Court justice who who literally lets people who rape children get light sentences because because she's she's black and she's magical and all these wonderful things. I don't think it has anything to do with her being black. I think if you really look at it, she's someone who's soft on child porn and child molestation and and they would like that in their court making those decisions for them because they know they're guilty of those crimes. Yeah. Maybe it has nothing to do with her being black. Maybe she's going to rule the way that they don't get locked up for the rest of their lives for the evil, sick, disgusting things that they do. That Matthew, Ma- Madison, Madison, it's a strange name for a boy, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think if I've heard that before for a guy. I can't. Think I think he comes from kind of a rich family. And I think the problem was, if I'm thinking of the right guy, they tried to go after him and say that he was doing all these things. And his dad was sitting, him and his, his dad said, you go down to the FBI right now with my lawyers. That was Matt Gates. That was Matt sure. Gates. Okay, yeah. that's a different guy. So they've tried all this stuff and everything. Is Matt, Madison Cawthorn, is he paralyzed? Yeah. He's paralyzed, yeah. So it's very interesting that they're they're saying these things, yet, yet we're told that this is all a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And that none of these things exist. So it's kind of wacky. Well, and then like good old Roger Stone, who is now reformed because he 
He found Jesus. Yeah. Jesus found him. Yeah. Well, like, that was part of his, you know, what happened while he was in prison, which is, you know, I guess it was worth being in prison because that happened to him. And now his life really seems to be changed, which is awesome. But he literally, he's like, I can confirm that that goes on. Yeah. Because I was I can, in that world. I can, and I can tell, tell you, you I've been not only that, he threw him. <laughs> he paid for it because that's what you do when you're a lobbyist. Mm-hmm. He paid for all of that stuff. I'd like him to name some names. Yeah. Even if they're Sherman set the Wayback Machine, let's find out some names from the past. I'm cool. I'd like to. I'd like to go dig up a couple of corpses and piss on them. I've got a date with one. He's not in the grave yet, but I'm gonna piss on that cat's corpse. Do I know who you're talking about? Can you give me a hint? I've told you. All right, you'll have to tell me later. <laughs> I'm curious. Now I need to know. Someone you know in real life? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. This is a public figure. That guy is going to have a urine-soaked grave. <laughs> yes, I know who you mean. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think um, we just heard that Kevin McCarthy tried to say that well, Madison Cawthorn, he doesn't know what cocaine looks he like. So. <laughs> and then he went and he proceeded to describe cocaine in detail and then said that he'd never actually been around cocaine. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a fine white powder with little brown spots. And you chop it up, and this is how you do it. And you make these lines, and here's how you test if it's really good stuff. But I've never had any dealings with it whatsoever. Uh, Kevin McCarthy just seems like guilty. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like the guy who would be doing all of those things. Yeah, and he acts like He seems too. like everything that is said about him is probably true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense of why he's, like, soft on stuff and whatnot. Like, and a disappointment yeah. to real conservatives is, like, yeah, you seem yeah. like they've got stuff on you. The truth of the matter, though, is that every politician is generally a disappointment to real conservatives. Because, like, there has... I mean, Trump actually actually did actually get close to doing conservative things mm-hmm. even though he wasn't a conservative but then what happened is the left went after him so hard he they forced him into our loving arms <laughs> our loving yet judgmental arms <laughs> even reagan wasn't a conservative like there really hasn't been a lot of like when it, like people go ah oh, the conservatives it's like you know you're talking about 10 percent of the right wing conservatives mm-hmm. like you know like we we've never had a con you know there. I think there's an argument. There's one president. They say, is it Coolidge? It was really conservative. Yeah. Yeah, but the rest are like, no one's really actually ever been a conservative. I know. Yeah, it's really disappointing. That's always like when uh, the left is getting so mad at, you know, like like you said, right wing people. It's like they're not even right wing enough for us. You know what I mean? Like we're disappointed with them. So yeah. That's because you watch swastikas and death camps. No, I think I think you guys are the one building the death camps, and and I think you guys are the ones cheering on the Azov Brigade. Yeah. 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 Which segues into a organic topic that we haven't planned. I'm assuming it's about the Ukraine. Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, there's like the stuff with the what dead bodies it? recently. I think we wrote down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's the the dead body situation. Here's that, how you that do it organically. You go like, did you know? Have you heard the latest on this whole dead bodies quote unquote thing in the street? But it's like a couple days old, so <laughs> it's not really the latest. Well, no, that there are some there are some new developments. Like, I mean, one, 
okay, maybe there aren't new developments, but maybe the story is interesting and in that there, again, it's another emotional topic that people are absolutely certain this thing has happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could start at this and you could say, well, I've seen some videos and those don't look like the dead bodies I've seen. Yeah. You know, they, there's a there's a supreme lack of blood. But dead bodies have a tendency to leak. Yeah. Um, and then there's the ones that move. Okay, yeah. maybe that's, you know, I heard one. It was a trick of the lens. Mm. The lens is the guy was filming is a water droplet. And it made his hand move. And I'm like. Not what I saw. Oh, it seemed different. Yeah. But, you know, that that all could be Russian disinfo. But but here's here's a solid piece of evidence. Um. The mayor of that town um, said that when the Russians departed, and you can actually see the CCT footage and everything like that, there were no dead bodies in the streets. Yeah, and he said, like, everything was good now, like, everything was good to go. It was like a positive press conference, and it's like, if there were dead bodies, like, what, 80-something dead bodies at least, strewn around the streets, he would not have been like... Okay, like they've departed, so everything's good now. Like you wouldn't say that if that was the situation that was going on. And then the rumor is the UKR, Ukrainian army, came back in with Russian commandos. They taped off the area, dumped the bodies in the street, staged them, and then drove away. And then suddenly Zelensky comes out and says it's a war crime. And then you know, okay, again, no one knows anything about the Ukraine. But what's interesting, though, is the amount of emotionalism in people I check in with, and they're like, oh, this is just the worst thing ever. And for for all my sitting here and saying, I think there's some serious questions that need to be asked and some trust and some but verify and all of these kinds of things, I just, you know, I really think that we should have the home inspector come in before we buy the house and the 30-year fixed, you know, because I could be wrong. I could be wrong about all of this. But everybody's like, no, 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 no. No, this is this is we must absolutely spend everyone's lives and money on this. And we should not even pull up short with nuclear weapons. And I'm like, you are nuttier than the coyote in the Roadrunner and the Coyote. That's how nutty you are. Yeah. So um, all of those things. But one last point of navigational reference. President Juicebox, who can't even not dump his pants in front of the Pope can't stop kneeling everywhere he goes doesn't know if he or his wife is the president makes can't get through a sentence but i remember putin is a war criminal and we need to do war crimes just using you know like again all i need to do is look at who's saying what and and like in in an age of misinformation i can't necessarily go on what's being said but i can i can use what we all have whether you want to say it's evolution or intelligent design you know whatever you want to do you have senses and part of those senses lead to what you call integrity what you might call um integrity of decision making so like if you walk into your kitchen and you smell pizza you could go i think there's a pizza in the oven and then suddenly you begin to feel warm and the oven's on and you go i smell pizza the oven's warm I'm pretty sure there's a pizza in the oven. And finally, you can confirm this by opening the oven and seeing that there is a pizza in the oven. 
You could do one last test. You could touch it. Because maybe it's a fake pizza, and maybe it's fake pizza smell, and maybe you're having a stroke. So you touch it. You've just used all of your senses to arrive at an integrity of the decision. Okay? You do all that. But then your wife walks in and she says, I'm cooking sea bass. And you go, um, smells like pizza. Sea bass. It looks like pizza. Sea bass. Is the sea bass in the oven? Yep. I touched the thing in the oven and it was clearly pizza. No, that's sea bass. Doesn't that kind of feel like what we're, what we're getting? Gaslighting. The only thing that they have that verifies anything is they say it. But then you go see the videos or you talk to people on the ground and there's so much misinformation. But there's a lot of information that points to the things coming out of the Ukrainians are utter bullshit. And again, I'm not saying the Russians are great. I'm saying everybody involved in this is a piece of shit. And sometimes that's the way it is. Get over your Avengers fantasies. Get over your Lord of the Rings fantasies. Sometimes both hookers are fighting in the street. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, it's like that uh, Kissinger quote, right? I mean... Trust, but verify. Well, and also uh, maybe sometimes you want to let them both... um, kind of knock each other out yeah like not that's not in those words. i almost thought you were going to refer to his other lesser known quote never pass up a good taco tuesday <laughs> never pass up a good taco tuesday yeah no i think what was it like it's too bad they can't just both and like he was talking out. about when in, in, in 1980 when iran and iraq went to war he said well it's too bad both they can't both wipe each other out yeah i mean yeah if they're both bad guys why not just let them you know well let me solve that for figure you their stuff out those are our bad guys. That's that's like if like and really honestly, I would respect Joe Biden or somebody who is in charge if they would come out and just say, "Listen, everybody involved in this is a piece of shit. This is not a good thing. This is not a just war. This is not 9/11. We're not going to nuke something. We're not going to make something up or anything like. But we have to be here because there are geopolitical concerns." And these pieces of shit are doing this thing to our buddies, and we got to shut them down. And that's it. You know, like, sometimes you just got to do a thing, and there's, you know, like, and, and they finally just said, listen, they're all pieces of shit, but those guys on that line, those are our pieces of shit. And then from a brotherhood and integrity and the the, the United States' biggest, you know, like it was said by, I think it was said by an officer in, in, in Iraq when he said, and, and they tried to actually accuse this guy of a war crime, if I remember correctly. But no better friend, no worse enemy. And at that point, I would go, all right, yippee-ki-yay, I'm in. You know, if you're going to tell me those are our pieces of shit, and we've backed that, and we've supported that, and everything like that, that brings me closer to support than bullshit lies about who's shooting who, and who's doing what, and these are the White Hats, and Zelensky is the second coming of Jim Morrison. I feel differently, though. Because we know for a fact that, okay, not all of them are Nazis over there, but a decent portion of the guys fighting on the Ukrainian side are Nazis, right? Would you say that? So I am not cool with those being, quote, our bad guys. No. And it wouldn't be the first time that our country kind of sort of secretly allied themselves with Nazis and again 
I'm not cool with that. So according no. to the French, <laughs> according to the French intelligence officer, chief of intelligence, we did the deal and armed the Azov brigades not because they were Nazis. We knew that about them. Uh, Zelensky said it the other day. He said these guys are what they are. We did it because they. The only thing that we did it. The only reason we did it is because they hate Russians so much. Who like our people? The they, a, the, Azov the Azov brigades and all of them, right sector and all of these sort of like. We, we, we knew what they were, but that's not why we made the decision. We didn't go, hey, do you have any Nazis that we can give some military-grade weaponry to? Instead, we said, who hates these guys the most? And those guys, the Azov Brigade, they raised their hands. They're like, we really hate those guys. We're like, okay, here's a bunch of weapons. But, and there's also, to me, more evidence that the Ukrainians are doing terrible, jacked-up stuff. I believe and I'm that not, there is. I'm not really actually seeing evidence that the Russians are doing as jacked up stuff as the Ukrainians. What with the Ukrainians shooting the Russians in the groin and torturing them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Russians aren't doing stuff like that as far as I'm aware. So, again, I don't know. Like, I'm no, just not I, I, can, I think I, I think I can almost tell you for, I mean, I think there are people claiming that the Russians are moving slower and trying not to ca- mm-hmm. cause casualties. I don't know about that specifically. I, I think that the Russians are doing their fair share of, of jacked up things. Um, what concerns me is the Ukrainians aren't just doing their fair share of jacked up things. They're also doing this sort of PSYOP PR, PR war. And someone might come in and say, well, in war you have to do these things to deceive the enemy. And I'm like, not the videos we're seeing. These are videos designed to manipulate the American and Western population mm-hmm. with cool girl in the sunglasses, vet bro LARPing over there and making it seem so easy, you know, that you can just go out and capture 129 Russians and smoke tanks and, you know, and then this weird uh, Belarusian uh, guy they call Captain Mustache. He made a video in there. I saw another video of him and I looked at his weapon and I looked at his gear, and I was like, "That dude hasn't been in the field at all." Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like he that that guy is larping as hard as the other guy. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, you know, let me. Okay, so in World War II, the British, and 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 the dead body thing is classic British stuff. They do that a lot. Oh really? Here's a big time they did it, and it really worked. Um, it was called the Man Who. I think it was called the it wasn't it was called the man who wasn't there or something like that. They had a they had a clever code name for it. And so they wanted to fake out the Germans and and let them know that they weren't going to land in Sicily. That instead they were going to land in Sardinia and use that as a base of operations against southern Europe. And so they took a guy from the morgue in England who had um, died of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And they dressed him up like a British officer and they contrived all these papers and everything like that. And in one of the papers, they wrote a letter. And the letter said, looking forward to having some sardines with you. Mm-hmm. And then they threw him they, they threw him off a submarine off the coast of Spain, following the currents and everything like that. Well, the Germans found the body. And they took the intel and they said, all this intel points towards Sardinia. And this closing line is classic British humor. We know they're going to Sardinia. So they shifted all their stuff. And, of course, the Allies went into Sicily. Oh. It was a great deception. It's very classic British intelligence to play these games with dead bodies. You can actually go through a lot of medieval history 
and warfare and people people use dead bodies for they used to actually use them as plague weapons they just take a dead guy who had the plague and shoot him over the wall yeah you know so but it's it's a very british thing to do so that does sort of lend credence that i think the british are driving a lot of this conflict um mainly i think now that they've discovered the north sea oil field that they have the new one and Germany is collapsing and just just uh, uh, took control of their subsidiary of Gazprom. Um, and France is kind of in big trouble, I think, too. But f- it's kind of funny. They're all allies, but England is absolutely hanging Germany out to dry. And, and I think they might hang him out so much that Germany might flip and go Russian. Whoa. Which would be, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the Germans are so gutless now. As uh, Churchill said, the Hun, either at your throat or at your feet. Well, right now is a feet moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're in big trouble. But the I don't I don't mind battlefield shenanigans to fake out the Russians. But when you're waging this sort of you know, and this is turn I hate this whole fifth generational warfare thing, because I actually don't believe in it. As in, I believe people try it, and I believe there are things that it does. But I don't agree with it as an actual legitimate form of warfare because it bypasses the fact that at the end of the day, you need private Jenkins from Kentucky to take a rifle and go stand on a hill and he owns that hill. That's that's how you win wars. I mean, that's how it's always been and that's how it always will be. You cannot play information games and lies and think that somehow you're going to win. You're not going to win. You, you can... It's a it's a subcategory that's always been there in warfare, but it is not the next evolution of warfare. What we what this kind of warfare will do, I think, is it will not actually win a war. It will actually push the war towards a doomsday stage, when the other side feels so hemmed in, so closed, so lost, they will use the unusable weapons. And there's unusable weapons you know about, and there's unusable weapons you don't know about. But you keep pushing and you keep not having a legitimate conflict in which the other side can take take the loss and walk away or get their win. And then you go, okay, that's that's it. You know, we've won this battle for this sector, blah, blah, blah. You now have the opportunity to enter into peace negotiations and shut this down. But when you get to the bombing Berlin moment, if the Nazis would have had the nuclear weapon at that moment, they would have used it. And I think fifth generational warfare because of the internal lies and division that actually creates accomplishes the same thing that happened in Berlin in 1945 it makes the leaders of that country feel they have no other option but to do the unthinkable yeah exactly I mean so like back to your saying maybe they're like well there are bad guys like the Ukrainians are are bad guys but like I would say okay even so um, I'm pretty sure that our country is way worse off now than before this whole little conflict, before they maybe kind of helped push this conflict into happening. And so it's like, I don't even see a good purpose or outcome for having this conflict happen and us maybe no, getting no, no, involved. No. It's like everything sucks. Now, like, you've split the monetary system where the Russian and the Chinese probably monetary systems are going to get stronger. It's weakened ours probably, 
maybe permanently. So, I mean, it seems like a disaster. So it's not even like, oh, we're using these bad guys, but for a good end. It's like, uh, I only see a terrible end that's <laughs> that's happening. So See, my answer to all of this is the opposite of fifth generational warfare, which fifth generational warfare is all about lies mm-hmm. and deception and information manipulation as opposed to just information. And I'm a big believer in just information, what we would call the truth. Mm-hmm. And I would say right now, the first side to select 100% truthiness is going to be the winner in this. Yeah. And so even the United States could win and say, listen, we're not going to snow you anymore. This is what the conflict's really about. And you may not like those guys, but those guys are our bad guys, and, but they're our bad guys, and they're fighting their bad guys. And you guys are going to have to get over your feelies and whatever because this is the reality and how the stakes are cut. Um, you'll 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 be fine with that when you haven't had electricity for six months you'll be fine with that when there's no more food at the store you will not care about nazis anymore or white supremacy or uh if there's mighty girls in the ranks or if uh, a boy sergeant can now decide he's a girl sergeant all the bullshit that you think is important right now and you won't you want to wage a just and noble war based on a a, a series of morals that are nebulous at best, ever evolving to suit political power, and aren't actually morals, but just reasons to hate on your own people. That won't be important to you when you haven't had power for six months. You know, so, or or when you have foreign enemies on your soil. You won't care if the guy next to you uh, had a Gadsden flag on his carrier. You'll just be both trying to keep your communities alive. So, the first side, whether it's Russian or European or the United States, that sits down and levels with their people will be the side that gets their people on board. Now, Europe is freaked out. I think on the ground, most Europeans are behind this war because they've had their little, not toy civilization, but it is a toy civilization, but sort of their makeup counter civilization in which the United States has done all the heavy lifting for Europe for 100 years now. And Europe has enjoyed this sort of uh, sense of superiority based on events hundreds of years ago and feels that they are intellectually better than us. I mean, from Spain to Czechoslovakia, from Europe to the bottom of Italy, those people think that they're better than the people who have been footing the bill, which is the United States. They have nothing but contempt for us, yet we have been paying for everything with blood and soil and money. Okay, So they are now realizing, and they began to read what pissed them off about Trump as he made it clear to them, that the, the United States was no longer interested in paying the entire bill. They were going to have to pay it. And they knew the jig was up, and they didn't do a lot about it. They continued their behaviors because they were trapped by their own ideologies, like, let's get rid of our nuclear reactors. Let's draw down the military. Well, why would you do those things? Well, because you were dependent on other people being forced to provide them, as in the United States forced to provide your military and the Russians forced to provide your energy. And so you just continued with your, now we are going skiing for 12 weeks. In Italy, they go on vacation for a month. I know, that's crazy. In Germany, they go on vacation for six weeks. Do you, wh- wh- have you had a six-week vacation? Mm-mm. I haven't had a vacation in ever. I just work. And you know what? I never even had vacations when I was a kid. My family worked. 
that the European the European thing they are the biggest bunch of arrogant boorish self-entitled assholes and the bill is coming due and they don't have the money and so they're waking up and they're like oh shit we've got to fight yeah you betcha you do yeah. Because the United, the American people, we just did 20 years of war, and we're not all that interested in another one. And the Russians, they're looking to work out some aggression on you. They're ready. They're tired of being pushed around by you. And as that French intel officer said, everybody saw this conflict coming, and the United States and the West kept pushing. Maybe the United States had some ideas that maybe didn't even serve Europe, but at the end of the day... This conflict has brought Russia and Europe into direct conflict. And in my opinion, Russia is actually better suited to do it because they've decided to do it. And Europe still is of a mind that the U.S. should do all the heavy lifting. They haven't purchased their munitions. They're, they're way behind on getting a military ready. They're, they're, it's, it's, they're, they're living in fa- a fantasy land. So they're not telling their people the truth. They're not leveling and saying, like, this is the reality. This is the situation. We have to defend ourselves. All of you have to get out of it. The French army is unionized. The Greeks don't leave their Chinzano umbrellas at all. You know, that was, remember when Greece was broke a few years ago and they wanted Germany to foot the bill and Germany said, no way. And and their economy collapsed and Cyprus and stuff like that. These are a lot of people who don't want to work very hard. Mm -hmm. And their elites have been allowing them not to work hard and gaining power. And now that bill is coming due and they thought the United States could always be conned into defending them. So that bill is coming due. Their only way out of it is to level with their people and say we have to go to a wartime economy. We have to either settle this up with with Russia and, and, and respect what they want. Or we have to cross the border and kick the living shit out of them. So I don't know whether they'll do that. Um, I guess I would pick, if I were them, uh, cross the Ukraine and kick the living shit out of Russia. That's the only... You'll either... You either do that or Russia will make sure that you're weak for the rest of your, your, your existence. And ultimately, given enough time in the world, they'll roll you. Because that's just what the Russians... They, they're in... They're in an aggressive posture right now. They're tired of being defensive. They are a very suspicious group of people. Um, they, they're they tired of being pushed around, and they've been pushed around for a long time. So I think you're about to, ex- to see an explosion on the part of Russia that is being fomented, that's a good word, mm-hmm. by China. China wants this to happen. China's providing all the cyber intelligence. They have news reporters on the ground with the Russian forces and my guess is they have military advisors and actual military units grouped in with the Russians or behind the lines. But you, at the end of the day, when we get into this, we will find that the Chinese are providing material support for this because they want it to happen because it serves the Belt and Road Initiative. Okay, so you have that. The Russians, they actually have a lot of support among their people. They didn't at first, and then the ruble crashed, and then the ruble came back, and then people saw in Russia how the Ukrainians were treating Russian soldiers, and it seems like their approval to do this is at about 70%. And Putin doesn't seem to be lying to them a bunch about what's really happening. So they're the closest to getting the straight dope from, from their leaders. The United States has a moment here, and... It's not going to happen because the power structure that we have is all based on lies. But like I said, if I were the president right now, I would say, those are my monkeys, and we have to support them. 
and this is the reality and you're gonna have you know you guys have all had your little purple hair unicorn 501k every fantasy that you have in your life if you want those fantasies to continue you better get on board with what's about to happen here because it's all about to collapse you know it's like dad just came home and guess what there's not money for soccer camp there's not money for a second car there's not money for you to go on a trip to europe there's money for everybody to go out in the orchards and pick pecans this weekend and that's that's kind of the reality but Again, I don't think that the masters of the universe in uh, the swamp, I don't think that they can bring themselves to be the dad that has to come home and say, um, things aren't working out. They, they want to tell their base whatever. That's why we're having these distractions about um, don't say gay, which is utter bullshit. Uh, Will Smith. All of these things are distractions because they don't want to tell the American people that the jig is up. Now, they either don't want to do that because they can't, because they only know how to lie, which I think when you tell enough lies, it's kind of amazing. You can't actually tell the truth. It's just easier to lie. Or the demolition is is um, is calculated, implied, mm-hmm. is, uh, is managed, and they, they want these things to happen. Yeah. But the great thing is the United States, which we're much different than any other country, is that we can do whatever we want regardless of our leaders. You need to know right now, you have all the power. You have the guns and you have free speech. The people in charge hate the Second Amendment and they hate the First Amendment and they most of all hate all the amendments. They hate the Constitution. But that hasn't been repealed and you can insist on it and it will be uncomfortable and there will be problems and some of you will be arrested and some of you will be swatted and killed and those kinds of things. But you have the power and you have the power to actually manipulate this entire society to take it back. But you're going to have to have this truthful moment where you say no more bullshit, no more CRT, no more Will Smith, no more lies. We're broke and we're not giving you any more money to give to other people. You start like... You have, what's her face, Victoria Newland over there saying, you know, it cost us $5 billion to flip the Ukraine. Well, why didn't you spend that $5 billion on us? I know. They would rather go give money to crooks and criminals and their own friends than, heavens forbid, pay off your mortgage. Yeah. Or buy you a new car or, you know, if you're a welder, a new set of tools to get in there because they savage the pipeline or whatever. Like every person in this country could use a leg up on some tools to do business I know. or like a, a break on their, you know, whatever it is. But no, no, no. Let's let's go give money to Zelensky. Let's go give money to those shit bags. Exactly. So that's my feeling on it. Yes. The first one to be the first one to be truthy wins. I don't know that anybody's going to be truthy. I feel like the Russians are probably being the truthiest right now because you know what they decided? They'd had enough of being pushed around. They'd had enough of ethnic Russians being killed by pigs like the Azov thing. And they went in there and they kicked the living shit out of those guys. And you know what? Sometimes when you kick the living shit out of somebody, you get a taste for it and you start doing it and it gets out of hand. And that's the precipice, the rain slick precipice of doom that we are currently on. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. That was so literary. Yeah. You know. That's, that's your writing coming out. Here, like Here's an interesting thing. Um, we'll touch on another topic, which was Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this whole time they've been banning us on Twitter and Facebook, and they hide behind this 230, and they say, we're a private company. 
you can't do that. And so then Elon Musk buys, you know, 9% of the company and puts himself on the board. And the first thing that, you know, the swamp comes out and says is, you know, Twitter is too valuable to be in the hands of an oligarch, which is a private company, which is the defense they've used for years of why we can't do anything. So again, everything from that side and really we should just like part of the truthiness is if I could say like the coming baby. I know. Maybe maybe they're about to swat us right here. Good. <laughs> I'd love to be swatted. I need a vacation. Um something's going down. At the maybe they're oh I thought it was at the bank, but not quite. Um The funny thing is the the one bit of truthiness I would like to get into everybody tonight. You know, maybe it's a big step to realize the other stuff I've talked about. But if I could just say one thing tonight, one truthy thing that you could wrap your your heads around is stop talking and stop listening to them because it's always a series of bad faith conversations. When you say, oh, I would like to not be banned by Facebook or Twitter, and they say, neener, 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 we're a private company, and, you know, like, I mean, this happened to me in my own career with Control-Alt-Revolt. Like, they're not blacklisting you. They just chose not to publish you. You're not really... But I am being censored. It's Samsda. I am being censored. I am being black. No, 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 they're a private company, and I still get turds who, who write this to me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you could be technically right and everything, but it is censorship. They made a contract for me to write a book. They didn't like what I put in it. They banned it. They censored it. No, 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 no. It's a private company. Okay. If that's the terms of the deal, then you should have no problem with Elon Musk taking control of Twitter and restoring Donald Trump's account because it's neener 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 a private company oh no this is the end of democracy this is this is this is the end of everything look up one of my tweets from today and i'll just give you the typical example and so the one thing that i would impart to everybody tonight if i could impart anything is conversing with them or listening to them the globalists the leftists the swamp the people who are all in on this world economic forum utopian wonderland disneyland all of these kinds of things um oh did this guy Oops. this guy blocked me or did he delete the tweet unable to view the account owner limits oh he, he deleted his tweet hmm. so it was this guy who said you know if if musk he was a lawyer and he's like if musk takes over you know twitter i'm out i'm done with this and everything like that and i'm like what did I write? I, I wrote this one when you can't win an argument unless everyone else is banned. Yeah, that's that's the summation of everything on that side. They don't want to discuss anything. They don't want to reason. They don't want to argue. They just insist that you're banned from everything and they ban you by either f actually banning you or they say that what you're saying is crazy or that what you're saying is dangerous or whatever that they want to do. But but there's no more discussion there's only their voice so the truthiness that i would impart today is give that up let that go they're not interested and they're never going to have a good faith conversation get with people that want to have a good faith conversation about how we fix this ship 
And that probably doesn't involve our leaders like Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham or anybody. Fine, there. I think there are people who were done with the shit show. Marjorie Taylor Greene's awesome. Sure. Madison Cawthorn yeah, might be awesome. awesome. Matt Gates. But maybe it's just us on the ground. Maybe it's yeah. us at the local level. Maybe it's just us at the block level. Because you're going to get down to that. That's what this is going to be. But stop trying to win arguments with people who won't have a conversation in good faith. Whose only defense is, well, of course you would think that way. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You can't speak. It's like, but you're not having a conversation about the ideas. You're just name-calling and you're censoring and you're demanding that everybody be banned who disagrees with you. So that's what I would leave you with that one truthiness to consider. I'm going to say one last thing tonight. The World Economic Forum held um, their new One World Government meeting in Dubai. And they literally came out and said, this is the beginning of the New World Order. We talked about that on the podcast a couple of days ago. They talked about that there will be unforeseen disruptions in energy, in supply, and a third thing. I can't remember what it was. Maybe, I mean, maybe food? Maybe food. Or, right, yeah. yeah. So so they predict that thing. I think that's intentional, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they're acting like they're going to be problem solvers. And of course they are because they're going to be problem creators first, and then they're going to be able to solve it after you've experienced enough discomfort to look at them as a savior. Okay. So that's coming. But for the first time, as people have noted, like people like Alex Jones, there's a world, new world government coming. New world government. That's crazy Alex Jones. All those kinds of things. Well, now they're saying it because they don't fear it because it's time to out it. So they're doing it. They're really doing it. So I was looking at the presentation, looking, I was looking, I was looking, I was I was eyeballing that presentation on the video. Their video, their feed. It's not contrived, it's not deep state, it's not a Ukrainian or Russian disinfo video, it's their video. And there's a little graphic that goes with their presentation. It's it's kind of like shaped like a diamond almost. I don't know what shape that is. It's not totally a diamond, it's more like a but it's four sides, yeah, but diamond shaped. Diamond. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, a square. Square on its, square on its, on its uh, lobe. Lower where the corners yeah. on the bottom, so it's kind of a diamond yeah. shape. Okay. And, but it's the shape of it, but it's made up of lines. Mm-hmm. Like, the smaller lines are on the outside of the square, and the tallest line is in the center of the square. So, let's pretend that you're, you know, in the Global New World Order Planning and Implementation Committee, and, and someone says, you know, we need a graphic to represent who we are and what we're doing. Okay, get Stan down in, you know, graphics to generate something. And Stan comes back and he's like, oh, I took off philosophy. And I made, you know, like I, I would go to my artist, Mike Corley. I'd say, Mike, give me a graphic for this new thing I'm doing. And he's like, well, what's about here? What are the elements? And I give him like three elements. He's like, there, don't bother me anymore. Okay. And then I look at it, you know, and it's okay. Well, it says, you know, Nick Cole, blah, blah, blah. Ah, ah. All right. Right. You like that character? I do. <laughs> Stan in graphics? Yeah. So Stan in graphics makes the graphic for the, the World Economic Forum, in, in, and he sends it back up, and they go, this looks great. This represents everything that we are. I will stand up and talk about how awful everything will be and will be the masters of the universe. And think of all these shitbag sheiks sitting down there and all these global 
metrosexuals and you know haired in business women and you just want to fucking go in there with a flamethrower and light the whole yeah i said it the whole audience on fire i think elon musk's makes flamethrowers <laughs> fine i want to i want to they're pieces of shit and you know what i'm going to tell you this last little bit that's going to confirm it to you why they are pure evil okay so the the diamond it's made of lines mm-hmm. outside lines are the smallest center line is the top everybody's like he is losing his nuts so like stripes he wants they yeah, look like stripes. stripes he wants to flamethrower people he's talking about lines now here's where it gets really nuts he's going to get into numerology but not the weird kabbalah stuff but numbers do have meanings in society because they're coded information and people used numbers to 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 trend like you know like you can look it up like seven is the number of perfection uh 12 is the number of perfect human government every number sort of you know just like latin you know you like the word neo or geo or pre all of these things mean something when added to other words and they're they're hardwired into almost our language genetic linguistic genetic code and we identify them and we understand them and they convey more with less so numbers are like that so Stan makes the graphics and he shoots it upstairs and because you're a very beautiful uh, secretary I'm, I, I'm sure that you could be in Klaus Schwab's highest office there and never no you would <laughs> I never you would, would. The, the mind control you Never. Yeah, yeah, right. Mind controlled is strong will. His MA's bag every (laughs) week. Not worth it. Not worth it. But he shoots the graphic up. How? Okay, so like, let's say you were Stan. How many lines when you would you put in there to represent your perfect utopian answer to all this chaos? I'm gonna go twelve to twelve. You can do twelve. I might go like seven. Yeah. You know, like three on each side and then one center one yeah. and say like, That's you know, good. we're we're perfect. We're 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 in it here. Boy, now the fire department's showing up. Wow. You know, we are um you would you would pick a number that wasn't insane. Mm-hmm. You know. No, they didn't pick 666. But if you want to play the home game real quick before I tell the answer, guess. We'll wait 2 seconds. 11000 21000. Okay. They put in the number 13. They put and I and I made the Medusa go back and count for me. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we'll find the graphic and we'll post it and you can count it. So everybody understands the number 13. You know, like first off, it's unlucky. Don't it's so unlucky that hospitals and hotels and major buildings don't have a 13th floor. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. insane. I don't even believe in that level of shit. I'm like I have no problem with the number 13. I've never stayed in on Friday the 13th. I don't really care because I don't play the numbers game. But if I were making a coffee house, I wouldn't put uh, the symbol for poison on the cup of coffee and say, come on and get Nick's coffee. You know, people go, well, there's a poison symbol on that coffee cup. You know, like you would do things that convey confidence and integrity and, w- you know, what you're trying to do. I would put like a little aroma thing, you know, like this smells good. This tastes good. Or I might put like a money symbol. This is money coffee. You get rich drinking this coffee. Oh, and hey, just so you know, I think the deep state's listening to this podcast because there are now doctors telling people that the shot makes you better in bed. So it's like they actually, I I I saw saw that. I saw they're actually telling people that now. They're listening to this podcast. They stole it. Or they just figured humans out, and that's what humans do. But remember, I called it. That's another one. You did. Okay, so I know this seems unhinged and weird. 
But isn't it weirder to put 13 stripes in your symbol? Yeah. That conveys your hope for world humanity. I mean, you guys are going forward as like, we're the new world government. We're we're go- we're here to help you. We want confidence and trust. We look at our flag, the stars and the stripes and those things that they mean. And every country has things that are supposed to be hopeful and inspirational in the flags. These motherfuckers pick the number 13. Do you know what the thir- number 13 stands for in the big scheme of numerology and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. What does it stand for? I mean, I think I read this morning. The Beast? It's, well, it's a, it stands for the beast. the beast. That's a tertiary one. Its main thing is it stands for rebellion, chaos, and disruption. Yeah, that's right. And and it is most assimilated, the, the number is most associated with Satan. Mm-hmm. And it also stands um, for, like, biblically, it, it Nimrod was a mighty hunter, and he was the 13th son of Ham, and he built the Tower of Babel. And most people think he was an early form of the Antichrist and that he built the Tower of Babel to make war on God. Right. So uh, the number 13 is associated with the devil. It's not associated with anything good. So I will leave you with this podcast by asking why at the World Economic Fam- Forum no one went down to Stan and said, Stan, put another line in there because 14 means complete perfection. Stan... Take two out because 10 is the number or 12 is the number, you know, like whatever. Do something else, Stan, because this makes us look evil. Right. Well, also, like, I think there have been other things recently where people can find things like that, um, even in the word COVID, for example, and that stood for something like that, remember? Yeah, and but I would, I would listen to those things. I'd be like, well, maybe and all that kind of stuff. made a good point about it. That was what I want to say. You may think it's lame. Like, you may be like, I don't buy into that numerology stuff. Fair enough. But that's not the point. The point is, do the people that coined the phrase or made this graphic, do they care about it? Are they into the occult? And if, you know, or Satanism or whatever. If so, it could mean something to them and they yeah. could do it on purpose. So and even is, if is this like that is this that, that thing they have when they make their spells and they got to tell you? Right. They got to tell you in advance, or are they that dumb? And if they're that dumb, like, why are we trusting them with anything? Like, they, they, like again, like, if you can't figure out that the human population adversely reacts, whether there's any truth to it or not, to the number 13, and that's what you choose to symbolize your magic kingdom with, mm-hmm. you're idiots, or you're completely evil. I think it's that one. And that's the podcast, kitties. <laughs>